We thank the Lord for his word. We were praying in the office before we came out, and uh, the Lord said he needed us to read something before we began. And it goes along, of course, with what he had given us earlier today, but there's a message to be taught in these last days. There's a message to be taught in these last days, and it's the responsibility of God's people in order that they will be able to teach it. They, they, their character must be transformed uh, during this hour, and we need this transformation to happen. So we're going to ask God to help us with this transformation. But here is the message, he said, that needed to be taught. And if you would go to the book of Revelation chapter 14, it is not a new message, but it's a message that must be taught now. It must be lived now so that someone in this world may see the glorious coming of our God. And we're in Revelation chapter 14, and we're going to begin at verse 6. And this is an old message, but this is the message that needs to be taught and it says in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, we'll begin. It says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. That, as we call it, what? That's that first angel's message. It's the same message that needs to be taught today, to fear God and give glory to him, because the time is at hand. Amen? And this, in verse 8 it says, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. See, when you start to study what fearing God is and following his word is, you will run smack dab into a system of belief that calls itself God's people, but is not God's people. And you'll run into that system, and you'll say, Lord, why is this occurring? And then he'll run you right back to this verse. He'll say, Babylon is fallen. You have run into Babylon, spiritual Babylon, because you started to search for the truth, and you didn't know where you were was not the truth, but now you've run into it, and I want to let you know, because I love you, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Amen? And then we get down, in, as you study that first angel, as you seek to know what fearing God means, you run into verse 10, I mean verse 9. And it says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. See, once you run into to the Babylon situation, you say, Man, I got a decision to make, don't I? Either I stay in Babylon, or I worship as Babylonians worship, or I worship the true and living God. And God says, yes, you come to that decision after that second angel, but now you're in the third angel's time. There's a decision that must be made. We must decide if we are going to follow the beast or we're going to follow God. Amen? And then he said, just in case you didn't know which one was a good idea, he gave us verse 10. He said, those who receive or worship the beast, verse 10 says, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of who? The Lamb. So he just said, look, I'm going to give you that verse just in case you thought that doing it the other way might work. It's not going to work. Amen? This is when you get serious about God. And these are the messages that need to be taught by serious people. Amen? Amen. Amen. He said, just read that before we go into today's particular 
uh, study, which is entitled Shine Through Darkness. And I said, okay, Lord, I had no idea. I said, okay, you're putting this together. He said, well, you got up off your knees, tell them the message that has to be preached. And it can only be preached by people of light. Darkness cannot teach these last messages. And we have to come on up to the light. Amen? Because he said in, 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 in um, let's go to 1 Peter. You have been born into a certain generation. Do we realize that? We're in a special generation. This is one of the last generations that are going to exist in this age before Christ comes and says, that's enough. And he said, look, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, if I am going too fast, please let me know. Amen? Because I get a little excited. I understand what he's saying. And sometimes I can't convey it in the way it should be conveyed. Yeah, in the hour we... <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze it to 45 minutes. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, but ye are a chosen generation. Now, who does the choosing? God. Okay. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. This is the designation Christ wishes, wishes to put on us this morning. He said, for this is why you are this. He said, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? Amen. He said, you've been called out of darkness. If you accept this assignment, if you decided to be the royal priesthood, if you decide to be the chosen generation, if you decide to be that peculiar priesthood that I want you to be, it will be, it will be because I want someone to show my marvelous light. Amen? Because without these people, guess what happens? You remain in darkness. In darkness. And we just read about in verse 10 or 14 of Revelation what darkness gives you. It gives you tormented between, in front of the angels and in front of the Lamb. You will not make it. God says, but I need a people who can teach this message. And this is a description of the people. But they have to come into my marvelous light in order to give it. Because this message, do we agree that those, that message needs to be preached? Fear God and give glory to him. Does the message need to be preached? Babylon is fallen. Yes. Does the message need to be preached that if any man worship the beast and his image? Because some people don't even know there is a beast or an image. Some people even doesn't even know that worship is going on. Some people think that Babylon is all right because they stuck, stuck a cross on it. They stuck a G, name Jesus on it. It said, Babylon is done, man. Come out of her, my people. People have never heard this message before. And you are the people that can bring it to them. But we have to be the children of light. Amen? Go to the book of John chapter 3. And let's look at this this morning. Book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3. We'll begin in verse 17. He said, this message has to be taught by people that in, it's in the light. And Christ gave us all these great examples. He was the great example, of course. And he said, look, here's how I want you to go about this thing. And he said in verse 17 of John 3, for God sent not his son into the world to do what? Condemn. To condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. This is the mindset and the character that those who will be shedding this message must have. We are not out here condemning anybody, are we? 
We are out here doing what? So to show someone that they, so they might be saved. If you take that position in teaching the word of God, your power will be overwhelming because it'll be the power of God. Your ministry will be more effective because you're saying the end result is I'm trying to have someone saved. Christ could have come and said, all oh, y'all wrong. Bow down to me. But he didn't do that, did he? He said, man, I didn't come here to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> That's already understood. I'm trying to save you. Amen? Now look, look. Is it verse 18? He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, look at this message. He is teaching this message. He says, you first have to believe in me. Do we believe in Christ? Amen. Now, I need to rephrase that. I know we believe there is a Christ. I know we believe there is a Jesus. I do believe that we believe that. But do we believe in Jesus? Amen. That's the key. Because if we believe in Jesus, we're walking as Jesus walked. Amen? And so he said, look, I didn't come to condemn. He said, look, you're condemned if you don't believe and don't, don't believe in the only begotten Son of God. Now, that eliminates a lot of folks. Three quarters of the world don't believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Amen? Now, is that your problem? No. No. We're trying to save people. And that's, all, that's what our mission is. That's what the children of light do. They go and represent the light. Now, let's keep reading. He said uh, in verse 19, And this is the con condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love what? Darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Oh, now we're starting to see what's going on. This is the field that we're playing on. We're playing on a field of people who see, see the light or have heard of the light, but they hate the light because their deeds are wicked. And they don't want to give up their deeds. Isn't that something? Isn't that terrible? If somebody gave you the solution to the problem, but you want to write your own answer. You wouldn't do that on a test, would you? If somebody gave you, uh, Isaiah, somebody gave you the answer key to the test. No, uh-uh, I'm going to write my own answer. That's just dumb. I'm not saying you do that. And I hope you didn't steal the test. <laughs> but we are trying to, to, to answer this thing when we already have the solution. God says, use me. He said, but the world has said, I have heard of you, but I don't want to use you. He said, but because if the light comes, it's going to show that I'm not what I say I am. Or it's going to say that it's going to really show up that the things I'm doing aren't right. Nobody wants light when they love darkness. You know, that's why sometimes, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're getting audited, you pray nobody goes through that. But they're trying to shine some light on your darkness, aren't they? Because people cheat, lie, steal, all those kind of things, don't they? Well, look, they said, look, nobody wants that light because your deeds are dark. We have to be a people of light so our deeds are light. So we can accept the light and welcome the light. But he said, verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, 
Neither cometh to the light, lest the deed should be what? Reproved. And you know nobody wants to be reproved. Everybody knows what they're doing is right. You can't tell me. You don't, can't judge me. How many times have you heard that this week? And you just say, good morning. Don't judge me. Well, I, I, I just, okay, morning? Is that better? Verse 21, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds, now look at this. See, we got the deeds of the dark, right? They don't want to be reproved. The deeds of the dark that are called evil. But in verse 21, it says, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light. So his deeds are truth. And look at what these deeds do. That his deeds, the person who's performing the truth deeds, may be made manifest, right? But not for what you think it might be manifest for. Not for you to get patted on the back and you're a good Christian. He said that the deeds may be made manifest that they are what? Wrought in God. Our deeds are because God is with us. We got that? No good deed is done without God. Amen? And so those who are children of the light will always be like Joseph was and say, it's because of God's presence that this works. It's because of God's presence that, that my life is going like this. It is not me. It is God. So our good deeds, children of the light, must always point where? To God. Amen? That's what we have to be. And that's what we're going to be. Because no soul has to be lost. Do we realize that? No soul has to be lost. And he has chosen you to hear his truth. Now act on it. Let's go to, let's go, uh, go to stay in John. Go to John 8. John 8. So we'll know where this light comes from. So we'll know who the light is. Amen? And he says, because we've got to be children of the light. John chapter 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying what? I am the light of the world. Now, stop. So is that any question? I am the light of the world. And he says, as long as I'm in here, I am the light of the world. He's, so, so here we go. So when we're looking to be children of the light, where are we looking to? Jesus. Amen? Now, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will have no light. We got that? Now, I don't care if you say light on your logo. I don't care if you say light in your religion. You have no light. Because the ones that, that are the enemies of God, they call themselves the enlightened ones. The great, the, the, the great light bearers. Their darkness is their light. Because everything they do is in the dark. They're secret about everything, right? You got secret codes, you got secret symbols, you got secret handshakes, you got se then they call themselves the, uh, the, the enlightened ones. We just found out that Jesus is the light of the world, so without Jesus, we have no light. Amen? Yes. Are we okay with that? Yes. He said, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but what? But shall have the light. Amen? He will not walk in darkness. Why? Because Christ in you can't be, can't be dark. When you have Christ, it is impossible to be in darkness. Amen? Amen. But we always have those decisions to make if we're going to stay with the light or we're going to continue in our darkness, don't we? That's even after you have 
heard the light, after you have done the light, after you have done the deeds of truth, you still have to make decisions moment by moment to stay with the light because the light is not going to force himself on you. How many times in the scriptures have you found that those that were chosen, those in the light, chose the darkness? One great example is King Solomon, enlightened one, the wisest king, right? But he chose the darkness for just a little while, didn't he? And then he wrote a book. <laughs> he said, man, that was dumb. Don't do that no more. And he get, the Lord gave, inspired him to write these, these books and say, man, look, uh, don't do that. I have done this. I've done this. I thought it was something else I needed to know, but it was all darkness. Come to the glorious light of God. So since we have that book, that means we don't have to do that, right? We can just refer to it when we feel like going to the darkness. Now, we know this, that with the light and the dark, they, they battle one another. But what always wins? You ever seen darkness take over light? Never. When the light come on, what happens? The light overtakes the darkness. There's no dark switch. <laughs> now, the way of God needs to be shared but it has to be shared by those who are convicted to the light. But, but what, happen, what has happened is this. We've gotten some bad information about life, about light, we should say, from Babylon. When we decided to fear God, we went to what we thought that the people who fear God was, and they could tell us about the light. We got some bad information. Let me say how dangerous bad information is. Go to John chapter 4. This young, this lady got some bad information, and, and she was way off the light. Not because she didn't think she had the right answer. She was just way off the light because she had gone to the place where light was supposed to be given, but she got some bad information. John chapter 4. And this was the lady at the well. Now, we want to think about something about this lady at the well, too. But we're not going to dwell on it a little bit. They said she'd been married a few times. Could a woman get divorced back then? Yeah, I mean, she had no power. She had no rights. So this woman wasn't exactly what you think she was. Why don't you go home and study that one? Everybody said, oh, she was a prostitute. She just sleeping around. She got five husbands. Think about this lady. Because I want you to see how she responded to the light. And that should tell you a little bit about the character of this, this lady. Now, she, she was one of the greatest female evangelists that ever lived. Okay, we'll keep reading because you might not even know what she is. Romans, John chapter 4, I apologize. John chapter 4, let's go to verse 17. See, that's what I mean. I, I, my bad. John chapter 4, verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Because Jesus asked a question, where's your husband? Why are you here by yourself? And he said, Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. He said, yeah, you're right about that. The woman saith unto him, Sir, <laughs> I perceive that thou art prophet. Now she learned that from somewhere, that if somebody can tell you something about you, you're a prophet, okay? But she learned that from where she thought light was. Her, 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 the, the great knowledge of, 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 the, of, of God was. She learned that. She said, Sir, I, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place 
where men ought to worship. She went to a place and they told her that, right? That church told her that, 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 that y'all worship over here and we worship over here. And Jesus said, verse 21, unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. He said, you got some bad information because it ain't about Jerusalem. It's not about the mountain. I'm going to give you some information now that's going to help you. And he said, verse 22, ye worship, ye know not what. He said, that information you've been getting from Babylon has caused you to be in error. You worship, you know not what. Didn't say she didn't worship. Didn't say she wasn't a good churchgoer. Didn't say she shouldn't follow what the doctrine said. But she didn't know what she was worshiping because she had got some bad info from Babylon. We understand what I'm saying, Babylon, what it is? Okay, all right. And he said, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. This was a new revelation to her. She had gotten some good information because light was standing in front of her. And this is what you have to tell the world. You're going to have to tell the world, worship him in spirit and truth. It's not about your cathedral. It's not about your denomination. It's not about your, your, your great granddaddy's uh, uh, books. It's about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Now, when, when he, he said that, uh, 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 for the Father seeketh such to worship him. He, all this light was being given to her, and watch how she responds to this. In verse 25, no, I'm sorry, verse 24, he said, God is a spirit. Amen? That's something we need to know. Do you know that most people don't know that? But God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Didn't say should, must. You must have spirit and truth in order to worship the Father. Who knows that these days? You got the folks over here, all the spirit people who dance up and down the aisle and hit the heads. And then you got all the, 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 the truth people who sit there like this. And I can't look up because it's sacrilegious. The, the word says this. I have to. God said, both of y'all got some Babylonian information. The light was standing there saying, look, you must worship the Father in spirit and truth. And then he went on to explain how that's possible. And we ought to know this by now. We ought to say, Lord, because we read in the book, he says, look, the Holy Ghost is the one that teaches you what the truth says. Amen. You leave the Holy Ghost out of it, you got words. Now, then this other says, look, it's not all spirit. It's truth. It's word. So those things must work together. You got to tell the world that. And that's going to be a hard lesson. And you're going to have a lot of knots on your head, but you got to do it anyway because no one wants to hear the truth because their deeds are in darkness. Amen? Think about that. You got to go to a world with a message that no one wants to hear. Having fun. We're going to have a good time, aren't we? Oh, that's why you're going to be persecuted. Put before kings. I wouldn't worry about the kings. I'd worry about the, the general, I mean, I'd worry about the church people. I would worry about the Sanhedrin Council. I would worry about the, the, the World Council of Churches. Those are the things that are going to come at you like you wouldn't believe. But does that stop you from giving this message? Because God said, I want you to give this message, and all power in heaven will be given to you. 
Amen. But he was talking to this lady. He said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes, look what the woman said. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh. Now see, she knew something, and God touched the button that she knew. He, start, he introduced him as self as a prophet because he talked to her about things. And then she had a definition of what that Messiah would be. And she said, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he come, he will do what? Tell us all things. So now she's pretty much locked in. This man told me everything. He must be the Christ. So she wasn't such a bad person after all. She was looking for it. She just had been miseducated. She didn't know. She thought it was in the mountain or down in Jerusalem. And, but the light was in, right in front of her. And verse 27 says, no, it's verse 26, I'm sorry. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples. Now look, first he said, look, this conversation I just had with you, I'm the one. I'm the light that you're looking for. And she was convinced. Now, here comes the church, the Reformed church. Okay, verse 27, here comes the Reformed church. And upon this came his disciples. And, and what did he say? And marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said. That's first how church people do. He said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? She was a Samaritan. You're not supposed to speak to her. Come on, you're a Jew, man. What's wrong with you? I thought you were the Messiah. You know the rules. God said, hey, man, look. The woman then left her water pot. Now, let's see what this woman did. This old terrible woman at the Reformed Church didn't want her to say anything. The woman then left her water pot and, and, and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man, which told me what? All things that I, I ever I did. Is not this the Christ? This lady left them water pots <laughs> because she found the living water. She found the light she was looking for. She had always wanted to know, but she'd been miseducated through Babylonian ways. But now the light came to her. Now what happened because of this? Because he talked to her, because she believed, she went back home and did what? She told everybody. Verse 30 says, then they went out of the city and came unto him. Oh, isn't that how it's supposed to work? She didn't say, oh, I got some new information I'm going to share with you and make me an evangelist. Oh, make me the, 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 the great depositor. Uh, I'm, 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 the, I'm the great vessel of God, and you should listen to me. She said, hey, here he is. Isn't that the ministry of the saints? Hey, here he is. Hey, you want to know more? Here he is. Let me point you to him. Because that's an everlasting relationship. They might get mad at you tomorrow. <laughs> Believe me, you're going to say something in your attempt to minister to them that's going to make them upset. And sometimes people are so shallow they miss the kingdom. But we have to be on guard, children of light, that we always point to the light. Everything we do is for him. Everything is because of him. And we want them to have this personal relationship with Christ. If church members had more personal relationship with Christ, preachers would live longer. James White got worn out. 
because people didn't want a personal relationship with Christ. They wanted a personal relationship with the pastor. So they can call him and talk to him about all their deeds. What about Jesus? Who can actually do something about it? Uh-oh. I forgot to bring my pen up here, Josh. Got quiet in here. Any pastor worth his salt will teach you get a personal relationship with Jesus. I want you to know something. No man can be your spiritual covering. That's a Babylonian concept. I can pray, and I do always. But Jesus is your covering. Jesus is the one who gets you out and in. Jesus is the one who gives you breath and life and hope. Amen? Amen. The job of the church is to show Jesus. Amen. Amen. Makes it a little easy now. You ain't got to save nobody. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Go to 1 Timothy, if you would. You see what bad information to do? It had that woman all turned upside down. And they didn't know, she didn't know what to look for. But she found the light. When she got some good info and she had the right heart, it clicked. How about 1 Timothy chapter 2? Here's some Babylonian information that you, as children of light, must talk about. The God of light said in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, For there is one God. That counsels a lot of people. That counsels a lot of people in the world. But now, let's go even further. And one what? Mediator between this one God and men. The man Christ Jesus. Oh, no. You've canceled denominations at this point. But you, as children of light, must share this with the world. You must share this with those denominations. There's only one mediator. What's a mediator? Someone, hey, hey why, do, why do you have a mediator? Because you can't fix it. You can't get the decision made. You can't make something happen. You go call somebody. And this mediator does something that no other entity in the universe can do. That's to reconcile us back. No man can do that. Please understand that. I know you think you understand it, and you all would never walk into a confessional. But how many confessionals do we look at every day? When we say, man, oh, that's the solution to my problem. You know, you, you, using other sources. I can get out of this mess by. He said there's only one mediator, and that's Christ Jesus. Let's go to Mark 2. Let's, let's get a, re, re, a confirmation of this. Mark 2. Mark 2. Because that's a big thing. Who can forgive sin but God? You think that's just one denomination believes that, don't you? Oh, it's all over now. It's all over the world. Ask those Protestants what they do. Mark chapter 2. Verse 6 says, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doeth this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God only? That's a good question. And that's, you're right. There's only one that can forgive. And all they saw was the carpenter's son standing in front of them. See, the lady saw the light. All they saw was the carpenter's son. And so he said, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit 
that they sow reason within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Now that must have scared them. But he said, I, he, 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 reasoned, he found it in his spirit. Because why? The Holy Spirit was in Christ. And that Holy Spirit does reveal, doesn't it? So, whether, verse 9, whether it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. So, he said, look, there's one mediator, and he's the Son of God. Amen? There's only one that can forgive sin on earth. And who is that? Jesus. Amen? So you got to tell that to people. Oh, that's easy. Uh-huh. Keep going. When you start telling people there's only one mediator, there's only one forgiver, there's only one way of living, there's only one way to heaven, that's going to have a problem in the church. Why? Because the deeds are darkness. And when you bring that light, all the stuff they've been teaching... They're going to be found out. And then you're going to start leaning toward those itching ears. You're going to start saying, well, it can't be just one way. You mean everybody who don't believe in Jesus going, is not going to heaven? Yes. Next. And that's not a cruel thing. Because you act like Jesus is not trying to reach everybody. See, Jesus is giving everybody a shot at this. Why would he die for the whole world if he didn't give the whole world a chance? Just because you want to believe in Confucius, he said, I'm still working with you. I'm trying to show you who I am. You're a Hindu. I'm still trying to show you who I am. If you happen to be, let's just say, you might just be misled if you, if you don't believe that. We'll say that. Amen. We're not going to get shot today. Uh, but we got to bring this message with a light-filled heart, as Joseph did. And we can't do it until we come to the grips of these, these truths. We think we believe them, but we haven't been faced with the opposition yet that we're going to be faced with. And when you're faced with them, you're going to have to lean on that spirit that talked to Jesus, that Holy Spirit that says, hey, be quiet. Hey, say this. Hey, back up. He might even get up, you up in the morning and say, hey, don't go here. Even though it's on your calendar. Even though you are going for a Bible study. The Lord might say, don't go there. But Lord, it's in your name. It's in your will. It's, you told me. Don't go there. Listen to him. That's why you have to have this individual relationship with God. You have to have it. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out. Amen? Now, let's go to Zechariah, because this is another reality we must teach. I know you all say, man, this is all this basic stuff that we learn day after day, week after week. I promise you this. Once you get it, God will change the subject. All right? So if you are tired of principles of God, start practicing them. You don't think, I want, hey, let's teach them all. There's a whole lot of stuff I like to tell, teach. I really, we can have all kind of charts and you know me and graphics. We can have stuff flying all over the place. But what did God say? 
teach this. And I'm not going against them. I'm not that crazy. Let's go to Zechariah. See, we learn there's only one mediator. There's only one way. Amen? And this is something we're going to have to do. We're going to have to teach this. And we only can teach it when we are it. We got to stop acting like there's another solution to life. There's another solution to our problem. If God says, this is how this needs to be done, that's how we need to do it. You can't skate around and start patching some Jesus on your dirty work. Well, you know you can't do that because God said, man, God ain't in nothing you're doing. And you're going to try to stick a godly principle in some mess. What's it going to be when you finish? Mess. God says, I'm not with that. Give it all up for me. Let me rebuild it. I can fix it. Just let me rebuild it. Here's something else we need to tell the world. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. In verse 6, the Lord was speaking. He said, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Saying what? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now think about that. That's a concept most Christians don't understand. If we do this and we do this, it'll happen. God says, not by might, nor by power. Everything happens because of my spirit. Teach that to the people. Everything happens because of his spirit. Everything. How does he communicate with us? Through his spirit. How does he communicate through the world? Through his spirit. This, all of this is spirit. Every bit of it is. Whether you're in the evil, dark, deed people, you are controlled by what? A spirit. Teach that everything is spiritual. Teach that everything decision you make is spiritual. Teach that, we taught this at the men's retreat, there are no original ideas. Because, you know, men always think they come up with something. Oh, I got an idea. You were given one. And you're either inspired by the evil deeds, people, I mean, spirit, or the light spirit. Amen? Period. Can, can we accept that as a people? Amen. Now you got to go teach that. And that gets real interesting. Because you take self out of the picture. You tell Christians that there is no self. You got to fight. Because that's the biggest, that's the big trick of the devil. There's God, there's Jesus, and then there's me, you know. I make my own decision. Really? You were trained to make that decision by some, some, some spirit. Amen? That's something we got to teach. That's, called, uh, that's the thing about fearing God. We got to understand God in that way. So not by, by, nor by power, but by, by spirit. Amen? Yeah. Let's get a confirmation. Ephesians chapter 6. These are things you might take for granted, but this is the three angels' messages. You got to teach this. You got to be this. And you got to walk in the light or you won't be able to do this because you're going to face some darkness when you try to expose the evil deeds of man, the evil deeds of Christianity, the evil deeds of whatever, whatever religion you have. There are some evil deeds that have to be exposed because Christ is soon to come. And everybody needs a shot at this. And we can't be Jonah. Lord, they ain't going to listen to me. You're right. Be quiet and let me talk through you. I always ask God to use me as he deems appropriate. 
I used to say, use me as you, as you see fit, but I thought that was too informal with God. God, whatever you want to do, whatever it takes, just do it through me. That's when you say, I, I, I give up. And people say, well, you came up with that? No. No, I don't even want you to think that. I did not come up with it. And that's very hard for an arrogant man. Because at some point in my life, I thought I knew a lot of things. I didn't mind telling you I did. And that's why he put me where he put me. He said, so you'll know you don't know anything. Can we accept that? I know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can we accept that as the position of children of light? You don't get any credit for that. You don't get any glory for that. Not down here anyway. So if you're seeking the glory of man, this is not where you need to be. If you, it's good to encourage one another, isn't it? Amen. But if you're seeking glory, this ain't it. Not down here. Ephesians chapter 6, he said, teach this people this. Finally, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, we find it is his spirit that makes the, he has the power, right? He said, be strong in his spirit. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the what? The wiles of the devil. See, that's what you're facing. Tell the people you're not fighting man, you're fighting the devil. That would help so much, just like the lady at the well. when She, she didn't know what the, the deal was about. Once she found out what it was, she was cool. But you got to find the people and tell them you're not fighting mankind. So stop using mankind weapons. Do you think that would help somebody? When they don't know why their, their, their child is crazy or their brother's on dope. or They, they, see, they, try, to, they try to fix it in man's way. He said, man, that's, a, that's the devil you fight in. At least use God's method. Now, he might tell you to go here and go there, but you need God because you're fighting on a spiritual plane. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Please tell them that. And please know that. That'll keep you from hitting people, won't it? Isaiah's, I don't know. <laughs> That'll keep you from hating each other. You say, man, we're not wrestling flesh and blood. And you'll sit there and say, why doesn't he understand this? Why does she continually go down this road? Well, you're not fighting her. You're not fighting him. This is a spiritual battle. And you using earthly techniques. It's really strange, man. Even in dating. You know that's a spiritual reality. I know y'all never probably thought about that. When you're having a relationship with people, you're dating people, you know, you got a girlfriend, boy, boyfriend for girls. <laughs> it's a spiritual war you're doing, dealing with. You think it's not. The spirit in that person, the spirit in that person trying to connect. And we'll t we know what spirit is winning by the deeds you do in that body. Come on. But they're such Christian people. Really? They pray right after they fornicate. That's real good. It's spiritual. Even the, 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 the physical 
that you always think is physical is spiritual. Please remember that. Teach that in your youth groups. That's one thing about youth groups. They need somebody old in them. Who wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the what? Didn't we start out talking about darkness? He said the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Teach that lesson. See, Babylon won't teach you it's spiritual. They'll make you look at movies like Exodus, uh, uh, Exod not Exodus, uh, Exorcist. All these, these movies about, you know, paranormal activity. You know, things moving from room to room. That's what they want you to keep your, your mind as it relates to the spiritual realm. That's baby stuff. They want to make sure you don't realize this is the fight. You ever seen in one of those movies that somebody really calls on the name Jesus to fight the, the moving chairs? <laughs> oh, oh, we got to get a Catholic priest to come in and sprinkle some water on stuff. They never tell you the solution, but they always present the problem to scare you So make sure you don't want to fool with the spiritual realm. You don't want to do that because, you know, the guy's head will spin around and See, the lesson needs to be taught. Everything is spiritual. Go to Isaiah. Here's another lesson that needs to be taught. We go, oh, Father. The lesson needs to be taught here. Isaiah 58. We have been misinformed about so many things, and we have been trained to go to these places to find light. When God says, my word is light. Go to my word and find out everything you need to know about not only your life, but the life to come and the life of all around you. He said, I'll tell you what the war is about. I'll tell you I've gotten the victory. I'll tell you all the tools that are needed. He said, but you got to come to me. I am the light. And if we could have a church on this earth that specializes in light, that all they do is teach light, all they do is live light, all they do is praise in light, wouldn't that be a wonderful place? Then people could come and learn about the light. That's who he wants us to be. Amen? In a dark world, you wouldn't be surprised there's not 100,000 people in here. In a dark city, this city is so dark. I mean, it's, it was named after a city in Egypt, and even the Bible talks about Memphis. The Memphis will bury you. And who hasn't lived in Memphis longer than a day? Can you say amen? <laughs> you better not have any ambition in this city. You better not want to do anything, you know, enlightened in this city. And I have a tendency to believe, or I, 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 I tend to believe, I should say, that there are other cities just like that. <laughs> but God says, look, no matter, I need you to preach and teach this word. And I need a place where people can come that can hear the light. And let's go to Isaiah 58. Here's something else. I want you to see if you can pick out what, what era this might shine light on. Verse 58, chapter of Isaiah, verse 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable. Now we'll stop there. How many things does this shine light on? Not just, you know, what you first think, oh, Sunday worship. Oh, if that was all. Then, you know, that'd be okay. We would be able to, 
you'd be able to go preach that message, wouldn't you? And you would preach it with such a, a, a vehement spirit that, yes, it's Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath. Oh, then you missed the whole scripture. God said, I need you to turn your foot away from my Sabbath. I ain't talking about you worship on Sunday. What do you mean, turn your foot away? When you have your foot on something, you dominate it, don't you? Remember your grandmama, you said, I put my foot on your neck. Well, maybe y'all grandmama didn't say that. <laughs> well, you knew you, you, you stuck. <laughs> but, and then he says, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. He said, some of y'all know my day is holy. Amen? But you got your foot on my day. You're trying to dominate my day. I gave you six days to do them foolish things you want to do. Then he said, and call the Sabbath a what? Yeah. See, that's something else that we have to shine a light on. We have to talk to people about. This day is a delight. It's a wonderful gift that we have. Anybody who lives in the world needs a Sabbath. Good man. You got to have a day where you say, no, I'm not available. World, I'm out. I'm out. I don't care what you do. Until they tell you you're going to lose your job. Then you start. <laughs> but one day you'll be able to stand and say, the light is this. We sh and you don't have to make a big production out of it. So you'll get to, you know, you'll be on the news. Ooh, man refused to work. <laughs> That's not what this is about. There are people at your place right now who's looking just like the lady at the well. They've just been misinformed. And they need to see somebody that holds on to the light and, God, and have the faith to hold on to the light because you live in darkness. Darkness is not going to be happy with your light decisions, but darkness is under the foot of light. So don't worry about it. But we have to tell the Sabbath people no, we have to tell the Saturday people that the Sabbath is a delight. See, we got too many Sunday churchgoers on Sabbath. We don't treat it any different. You call yourself special. We call ourselves, oh, we holy people because we know the holy day. But you don't treat the day holy. I know some, some first day people keep that day like you, I mean, like it's real. They do. I remember growing up, you had clothes you couldn't wear but on that day. You better not go outside because after church, oh, man, you know in the springtime what we're going to do. It's time to get out and run. Boy, stop running out of this church. What are you doing? Oh, I had to take your church clothes off. And the worst thing you could do is skin a hole in your church pants. Oh, me, I didn't got a lot of My mama used to call me raising knees. But man, they treat it like it's holy. Why? Because they read and they said, God's day is special. And so they keep it special. Isn't that a blessing? How, how are we doing on that one? We got more light on the subject, but we don't do what they do. He said, I need you to do something for it. Make it honorable. And shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. And selfish people have a problem with that. Oh, it's just, I just, I just gonna go sleep. <laughs> no. It just means don't be selfish today. It didn't say stay in the house and sit on your hands, did it? 
That's the day you actually can be free to go do the things you thought about doing during the week. Like, I need to go see Grandma. I need to go visit somebody in this home. I need to go see, check on this person. I need to, to fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Man, I wish I could just every day. I wanted to eat dinner with these people. I, you know, that's the joy of the Sabbath. Please teach your children that too so they won't grow up and hate it. Amen. Man, I can't wait to get out of this Sabbath thing, man. You can't do nothing. You got to sit in the corner and listen to old folks talk. <laughs> right, children? <laughs> It's no different. That it, 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 when, we were, when we were growing up, we didn't grow up uh, uh, Sabbath keepers. But it was horrible. You couldn't do anything. I hated church because I couldn't watch football. It, I mean, it was terrible. And I, when you, especially when you get them long Baptist services. You get home at 430, you know, and you get the last quarter. You're like, oh, man. I'll be here all day. And we had to get picked up on the bus. The, the, the Sunday school bus, they come get you at 815. Because <laughs> the old man be driving the bus, he pick up all the kids and the old people. Because none, uh, none of the adults would come to, you know, Sunday school. And you'd be there from 815 to 430. Is that, is that right? Oh, don't have an evening service. It's over then. <laughs> oh. oh, see, that just make you just say, I quit. I don't want to see no more nothing y'all talking about. And that's what happens to the young people. They get to a certain age and they say, I can't do 12 hours, Jesus. Amen. And Jesus said, I asked you to do that. Now, call it the light. Amen? Then he said, verse 14, Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. See, there's another reality that we can, we, we, we can obtain if we would just be the children of light. Go to Psalms. We've got to get out of here. Psalms 37. Lord help us. Psalms 37. Are we all right so far? See, there's a message to be taught, and it has to be taught by those children of light. And we've been missing, they've been, the world and we have been misinformed about some things that God is sharing with us today that we can share with others so they won't be like the woman at the well, not knowing where the Messiah is. Psalm 37. Start at verse 3. Psalm 37 at verse 3. He says, trust in the Lord. And what? When we're talking about these deeds. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. He said, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? Don't forget the precursor. He's not going to give you the desires of an evil heart. Hmm. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will what? Bring it to pass. And verse 6 says, and he shall bring forth the righteousness, the righteous, I'm sorry, as the what? light and thy judgment as the noonday. He said, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Oh man. Sister Jerry was talking about she's under a lot of stress. Anybody else under stress? It's what happens out here, isn't it? But God says, look, trust me. Fret not thyself. Don't worry. Most of our stress comes from trying to make Babylonians do right. Why did you think that's ever going to happen? It is never going to happen. Right is not done by Babylonians. 
Now, right can be done by transformed Babylonians. Amen? So our prayer isn't, what's wrong with this person? They crazy. No. Yes. Really? <laughs> the issue is this. Pray that the Spirit of God would dwell in this person. Amen? That's it. Rest in it. Verse 8 says, cease from anger. And forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evil doers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, what will happen to them? See, we got to stop worrying about what the world or what the Babylonians are teaching and what they have. Fret not thyself. They're passing out costume jewelry, and God's trying to give you pearls. Amen? They're passing out uh, 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 fake silver dollars, and God's trying to give you gold. Don't worry about them. I know we look out the window and say, oh, look at that big old church out there. They packed on Wednesday night. Because why? <coughs> they, hey, they teaching what people want to hear. And that's fine. But our job is not to say, y'all teaching wrong. We're supposed to represent light. And when light walks in, what happens? Darkness dissipates. But we don't have enough light in us yet. We need some more light. We're going to end with Matthew, if you don't mind. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus started us off today saying he was the light of the world. Now, he didn't change that statement. He's always the light of the world. But in Matthew chapter 5, he makes another statement. Because those are children of light are his. Amen? Amen. And we represent him. Amen? So in, the, in, in chapter 5, let's go to 14. And the Lord shares with us here, ye are the light of the world. That's an amazing responsibility. But that's a tremendous privilege. We represent the light. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a what? A candlestick. And give it light unto all that are where? See what your job is. Is to give light to all around you. It's not for you to hoard the light. It's not for you to try to perfect the light. To change the light. He said put the light on a candlestick man. And go out here and, and let somebody else see it. Give it. He said let your light so shine before who? Is that everybody? That they may see, now look at this, they may see your good works. Now we got deeds again, right? And why are you doing, what's the reason for the good works? He said, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Come on, children of light, let's get it together, man. It's time to glorify the God which is in heaven by doing the good deeds, the good works. And the good works only come through the, 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 the presence of God's spirit in you. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Babylon has fallen, has it not? Let it go. Stop trying to hold it up. Stop trying to fix it. Walk out of Babylon. See, I, I cannot go along with the Babylonian mindset anymore because I started fearing God and found out that this was wrong. Because one thing we have to tell the people. There's a consequence to every decision. And that third angel that talks about that consequence, if any man worship the beast and his image, 
See, we're all waiting on a mark, aren't we? We're all waiting somebody to develop something. Isn't it, Brother they gonna Someday, they're going to develop something. We're sitting here waiting on technology, and God says this ain't got nothing to do with technology. He said, man, that stuff's been around for a while. What I'm concerned about is people worshiping the beast, having all of their trust and hope in something against me. He tried to teach the same lesson in the wilderness. He said, I am your provider. For 40 years, they worshiped the beast and his image. They even made a beast out there, didn't they? See what this is about? We got to come out of the Babylon, Babylonian mindset so we can teach the truth to people, God's truth, so God's name may be glorified, that we can go 